0: Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Thank you, Brother Sawyer. Oh, let's magnify the Lord. Let's enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Oh, we love you today and we thank you, God, for who you are. Come on, it's He that has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people. We are the sheep of His pasture. In Jesus' name. Well, somebody shout hallelujah? hallelujah. Why don't you turn to somebody near you and tell them how nice they look? Would you do that? Would you tell somebody it's good to see you? For all those that have joined by way of the web, we join. We welcome you today, and so glad that you have joined us. In the book of Revelation, chapter two, I am going to revisit an, an old subject that we did a series on a few years ago, and uh, on our midweek service, um, but. We'll certainly, will be teaching from a different text about this, but this, this is something that has been in my spirit that I want to teach you today. And, and uh, um, but it's the book of Revelation, chapter 2. We will also be reading from Ephesians while we are seated in a moment. Uh, we will read later from Ephesians, chapter 2. But uh, chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, right. These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. And um, it goes on and says, speaking to Ephesus, the church of Ephesus, this is known as the seven churches of Asia. Seven churches of Asia that we find in the book of Revelation. He was in the midst of all of them. All of those churches individually had their own issues, their positives and their negatives. And so you can see the contrast to how he writes. He says in verse 2, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and hast found them liars and hast borne and hast patience and for my name's sake hast what? Everybody say labored and hast not fainted. So these are good things. He's, he's writing He's writing about things about their perspective and and what they've done and guarding the gospel. And he says, nevertheless, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. He said, because thou hast what? Left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen and repent. Do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh, this is what happens if you obey, that's what he's saying. To him that overcometh, will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Are there any overcomers here today? Amen. How many plan planning on eating of that tree of life, which is the healing of the nations? Would you clap your hands and thank you for his word before you're seated? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. From this, from this verse, I would like to uh, teach today on begin again. We did a series several years ago called Begin Again. I want you to say this to yourself. I can begin again. Would you also say we can begin again. So when you begin to study uh, the church of Ephesus, it's, it's spelled in detail here about Ephesus. It's, it's Jesus is judging them. He is laying it out exactly how he sees them. Um, there are seven churches of Asia, as I mentioned a few moments ago. How many know the church of Laodicea? What do you remember about them? They were rich, they were increased with goods, and they said, we have need of nothing, but didn't know that they were naked and miserable and blind and, and uh, wretched. And somehow in the picture of the church of the it, just to throw this out here for a minute, you'll find that he said, behold, I stand at the door and what? knock. If you'll open the door, I'll come in and sup with you and you with me. They had somehow received all this blessing of the Lord, but somehow had put God on the outside of their life. Were they still the church? Were they still the church? Is he still walking among them? Everybody say yes. And so when you begin to study the seven churches, uh, they they had something different. And uh, Laodicea had what they had done. And I'm not going to stay here, but um, but Laodicea, where, where they were, they they had they had rich soil, and because of the rich soil, they had sheep, and the sheep had produced such great wool that it actually become, in that entire region, it become a commerce place. It become a, an epicenter of finance. And what happened? They become so blessed, they they didn't think they needed God. All their needs were provided. And uh, somehow, in their blessing, they had stepped away from a relationship with the Lord. I've seen that many times, that somebody come to the Lord very broken, very, very down, down, and the Lord healed them, fixed them, blessed them, and they're, they're almost like, I'll take it from here." And they go right back out, stop coming to church, stop praying, stop reading their Bible, stop, stop getting seeking anything, No. because their life is well now. That was the church of Laodicea. Was the Lord still with them? Yes. Is He standing in the midst of the golden, seven-tier golden candlesticks? Yes. He's amidst all of them. But how many know in these seven churches we can find our own issues? Is it possible you could get away from the Lord? How many's ever wondered from the Lord since you became amen? How many ever wondered? You you strayed away. Most people in this building have your hand up. You stepped out, you got out of balance, something happened. You can find those in the seven churches of Asia. And what you'll find with, with how he describes Ephesus now is it's almost Ephesus is what's there against instead of what they're for. And so let's let's study this for a moment, break it down from these verses. He says, I know thy works, thy labor, I see your patience. Those are good things. But he says, and how thou canst not bear. You can't bear. You can't can't stand them which are evil. And so there's this concept that you see in the church of Ephesus. Almost now, the only thing they see is what's wrong. Do Do you see that? And so... And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars. And it's, it's almost that Ephesus has become this place to, I'm, I'm going to find the error. We're going to expose the, 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 the false. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna see where the problems are. And it wasn't that that shouldn't happen. But it's almost here that it's the definition of who they are. It's no longer what Ephesus is for. It's what Ephesus is against. And and look at verse 3. It says, and has borne and has patience and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. You are still standing. You're still standing for truth. You're for truth. You're still, you've got this. But it goes on. He said, nevertheless, I have someone against thee. What is it? He said, because thou hast left thy first love. He said, it's not the way it was when you began. What is he talking about? When you first came? When you first when you first received truth, the church the way it was then, there was there was it was it was different then than it is now. You you've got this this context about you've got this this flavor about you that only thing you can see is what's wrong instead of what is right. You can only see those that are not instead of those that are. You you you're you're living a life of of judgmental and a lens of judgment instead of a lens of love and forgiveness. He goes on and even says, and here's one thing that you have. He said, "Thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans. The Nicolaitans were a people that was a doctrine of grace that says you can't do anything to be lost, you can't do anything to be saved. It's just grace and a tolerated sin. And Ephesus loved truth, but they. It appears almost they hated non-truth more than they loved truth. And there's a difference. There is a difference. There is a, there is a, um, uh, I, I know a guy one time that got in trouble. Uh, went to school with a guy, a fan one time, got in trouble for counterfeit money. I remember that. I know a guy personally I went to elementary school with. He got in trouble for counterfeit money. And, and uh, I heard that he spent some jail time. And It's against the law, by the way. And how many's ever been there hand a $20 bill and they have a marker, they mark it? Uh, because there's something about that, that, that finances that they can tell whether it's real or wrong. Here's, a, here's an interesting study. People that see counterfeit money that are professionals never study counterfeit money. They don't study counterfeit money. They study the original only. And because they know what the original feels like, looks like, and the way it is, when counterfeit shows up, they can see it. And I, I, where, I, where I grew up, there was a, um, uh, a great little Italian restaurant known as Frank's Pizza, but somebody started a, started a uh, pizza shop down the road called Not Frank's Pizza. <laughs> it, it's closed today. Because people don't want to know what you're against They want to know what you're for. And I would say this is what he's saying to the church and what I get out of Ephesus is he looks at Ephesus and says, you're out of balance. You only see what's not. You see what's wrong. You are burying everything and only thing you can see with the people around you. And when you're talking about Nicolaitans, you're talking about believers that have went to wrong doctrines. When you're talking about apostles, they were proven to be liars. They were people that were among us or among the church that didn't do right and they they judged them and they found them guilty and that they weren't right and it's not saying that that's wrong but I don't see anywhere here where truthfully that where Ephesus, the church of Ephesus is really for anything and he said here's what I have against you. You do all these things standing for truth but here's what I don't see. I don't see the original love that you had at the beginning and if we are not careful, we as a body of, of people We as a married couple, we as parents, we as friends, relationship in any way, if we're not careful, your marriage can end up, the only thing you see in the marriage is what they haven't done. The relationship that you have with that child, and I see Gianna over there, one just so happy all the time. But there's going to be a moment she's going to create messes and be disobedient. Did you say already? Oh my. And what you're going to find is after a while as a parent, it's going to be more natural to see what she hasn't done than to see what she is doing. And if you're not careful, you will only speak to that Gianna Joy, happy, you will only see what she hasn't done and your relationship with her will be, you haven't, you didn't, why not? And it was not long until the relationship that was so good feels so distant. The husband and wife, that, oh my goodness, the sparks in their eyes. They can't, they, when, I, when I was dating Cindy, I showed up my brother's, I had two different pair of shoes on. My brother said, Man, you're in trouble. What are you doing to, I don't know, just, just head in the clouds, you know. I'm, you know, love can make you can't, can't wait. Right, Cindy and I get on the phone and, and talk, and we fall asleep talking on the phone together. It's true, and uh, fall wait. Oh, you know, just want want to be around each other, get married, and and uh, it's not long until, if you're not careful, it's not long until the jobs, the re- conversation, you only see what each other each of you have not done. And to have a good marriage, a good relationship with God, a good relationship with the church, a good relationship with your pastor, a good relationship with your spouse, a good relationship with a friend, your children, whatever. You have to be intentional to never walk away from what got you started. Oh, let there be an amen in the building. If we're not careful when God doesn't answer our prayer, we can only see what God has not done for us instead of what he has done for us. Come on, he hasn't healed me. He didn't give me this. This wasn't taken care of. Why did this happen in my family? It's not long until we've got offense of God because he did not satisfy our expectations. But you didn't get with God because he was doing absolutely everything for you. You just wanted to be in his presence. You just wanted to be near him. You just wanted to praise him. It wasn't about what he hadn't done. It was just he's good. He's good. And what will happen in even in a marriage at all? I've seen, I've seen, i pastored here uh, fifteen years, and 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 in eighteen years I've been in Zanesville. And growing up, I've got friends that were married that are not, and i, I, I uh, that that from where I grew up, and I've seen over the years it started with a fire, it started with a spark. Oh, the love was so deep, it, it runs so deep. They 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 couldn't stay away from each other. it was so heartfelt, and somewhere down the line. She never, he doesn't. Are they right on these aspects? Probably. Was Ephesus right that these people were lying about being apostles? Probably. Were they were they were they were they right about Nicolaitans and false doctrine probably? But if the only thing you can see around the people around you is what they're doing wrong, you're going to bear a burden that you can't get out of. There's got to be a moment you say, "I'm going to quit talking about the things that are not. I'm going to start talking about the things that are." Come on. Men listen, if the only if the only meal you compliment that you make reference to is the one that doesn't satisfy you, the beans are this temperature and the steak isn't this way and and why you know if you, if you don't ever say this is good, you're going to have problems. And when Ephesus began, let's turn to the book of the, the book of Ephesians when the church of Ephesus began. Paul's writing is so inclusive. It's so powerful. You have to realize Ephesus was a church birthed out of a heathen concept. It wasn't, it wasn't like Jewish people that already had religious background. They were, they were, they were Gentiles. They were separated. And let me, let, me, let me show you what I'm talking about. Ephesians chapter 2. So he writes to encourage the church at Ephesus. And um, he says in verse 8, he says, for great, he said, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Let me word it this way He said, You aren't good enough, and neither am I. We didn't earn this. God's just good to you. Praise God. So He's writing this grace that you didn't do enough works to get this. He loved you before you ever repented. He loved you before you ever got baptized. That's what he's saying. He loved you before you ever received the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. He loved you before you ever changed your outfit and got holy. Before you ever turned that off and disconnected from them and burnt your idols. He loved you before. Somebody say amen. He said not of works lest any man should boast. Watch what he says. For we are his workmanship. Not I am. Not you are but we are. He talks inclusive to them because Paul is a Jew with religious background and he knew these people are going to feel separated from these believers that have a knowledge of scripture and they come to church and they're going to feel separated. They're Gentiles. They come from idolatry. They come from these things and Paul wants them above all to feel like they are a part of the family. Are y'all hearing me right now? He says, for we are his workmanship. Everybody say, we. Created in Christ Jesus. Under good works, which God hath before ordained that. Everybody say it. Somebody shout, we. We should walk in them. Wherefore, remember that ye, being in time past, Gentiles in the flesh. You had a label. You were called what? Uncircumcision. Uncircumcision. By that which is called the circumcision of the flesh made by hands. He said, I realize all the Gentiles and non-Jews were called the uncircumcised. You were labeled. Two types of people in the world were circumcised and uncircumcised. He's, He's talking about where they come from. And that at time, and at that time, ye were what? When he makes reference to ye, he's talking about the past. When he's making reference to now and the future, he says us and we. You cannot. Bring anything into relationship that's inclusive that causes um, uh, that that works against unity. If you if you only refer, well, this is where I come from. This is what I was. This is how we did things. You got to put that in the past. That was back then. Now it's us and we. Somebody say, Amen. He said, at that time, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers. Look at your neighbor and say, you were strange. Come on, when you got married, you said, that's strange. Why are you doing that? It's crazy. You did things strange, different. He said, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. Somebody shout, but now. In Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, amen, who have made both one and have broken down the middle wall partition between us. He said the thing that separated you from me and you from the body, he said he took care of that at Calvary. There's no wall between us now. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. Woo! You've got a future with me. Come on, Church of Ephesus. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what idols you worship. That was then. We have something about us now. We're all going the same direction. Somebody shout, Amen. amen. Woo! Look at chapter 2, verse 1. And you hath he quickened. Who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Somebody shout no more. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh. We've all sinned and come short. Amen, he said, according to the prince of the power, or excuse me, conversation in the times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved, not me, not you, us, amen. He said, where he loved, Oh, anybody feel that? Where he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins have quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. Oh, I come to tell you, look at verse 6. I'm trying to teach and be calm, but it just gets a hold of me. Come on, where will we be without the church? Where will we be without inclusiveness? Where will we be if it was only for a few? I want you to read verse 6 with me. Were you ready? And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us. Somebody shout us. Through Christ Jesus. You're gonna make bad decisions. I can make bad decisions and maybe we'll make bad decisions. It doesn't mean he steps away from the candlestick of my life. It doesn't mean he walks away because of my imperfection. His love is continually toward me. Oh, listen to me right now. You cannot disown somebody because they made a mistake. You can't disown somebody because the relationship gets a little bit negative. You can't do that. You've got to love them with the love of God. And that love keeps on reaching. It keeps on loving. It keeps on, come on, I'm preaching to you right now. We all needed the grace of God. We're not here because we're perfect. We're here because He's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. Somebody shout, he is good. good. Amen. Somebody say, he's good. he's good. He said, Ephesus, you better get it right. He said, you're you no longer an immature church. Ephesus, you've got to get this right. I realize you hate the divisive doctrine of the Nicolaitan, false doctrine. I understand you hate it. I realize that you can see those that that... Let's say they're apostles when they're not and you've proven that they're lying. I see that you're bearing this burden and you've got this. But Ephesus, can you see any hope, any restoration with anybody in your world? Do you believe that God can forgive people? Ephesus, hey Ephesus, hey husband. Just because you don't feel love doesn't mean you can't love. And uh, what he was telling him was simply this. You've got to go back and begin again. You can see what's not. And the reason you can only see what's not because you've left your first love. When Cindy and I first started dating, the same way you and your spouse first started dating, you know, you get all fixed up best you can. But you didn't go to that date seeing what they were not. You were only interested in what they were. What's your favorite color? What's your bucket list? What do you want to do? When I go with my kids, I'll ask them, what's your bucket list? What's this? Lakin told me, she said, Dad, I like to jump out of an airplane. I called my mom. I said, Mom, Lakin wants to go parachuting. I said, what do you think about that? She said, sounds familiar. I said, I don't know what you mean. She said, when you turned 18, it's what you wanted to do. Where did my timid, quiet kid want to become so adventurous? And so she did. She parachuted at 18,000 feet. And she loved it. She said, Dad, I want you to go with me the next time. Oh, help me, Jesus. (laughs) How did I know that about her? I asked her. Because I wasn't interested in what she wasn't doing as my daughter. I was interested in what she wanted. Who she is. Do you know that your favorite color can change? Mary, look at your spouse and say, what's your favorite color? On the count of three, I want you to say what your favorite color is. Are you ready? One, two, three. Oh, now that I know all of your favorite colors. I've seen people that that changed and somebody else didn't know. How, how do you begin again? My, my grandmother, I'll never forget, she sat beside me one time and I was just a young teenager. Probably talking to her about her and how she and my grandfather Ralph met. And they met at a convenient mark, uh, a, a store—not a convenient mart, but a store. And uh, and and she was talking about love. And she said, "Aaron, she said, I can't tell you something." I said, "Yeah, yeah, me, me. What is it?" She said, "If you fall in love with fall in love with somebody, you can fall in love with them again." And I I said, "Is that right?" She said, "Yeah." She said. When you get married, you have no past. You only have a future. Wow. You know one of the greatest things about marrying somebody that's a Christian is the foundation of our faith is the love of God. And in the love of God, you're gonna find giving and forgiving are the most powerful forces of the universe. And what he was telling the church of Ephesus, he said, you got in this with a we and an us and grace and love of God and drawn near to the Lord and near to one another. And and he even talked about how you're the the temple of the Lord and and we have access together to the Lord and we are built upon the foundation uh, of these things of love. and, And how did you get to where you are? He said, but if you'll go back and visit your first love and repent. What he was saying is you can get back to where you were. You can if it's not careful. Now, let me just throw this out here as a, a, a collaborative effort in the room. It's, not, it's, it's possible to go to church the next thing you know. The only thing you can see is the temperature's not right. Preacher's loud and music was off. He preached too long. Got to go to Crocker Barrel. You can only see what people aren't doing instead of see all the people that are doing because your relationship with the church can be the same way with your relationship with your spouse. Your relationship with your spouse, same way with your relationship with the kid, your relationship with a friend. And next thing you know, they didn't call, they didn't do this. Can I tell you, we cannot end up like Ephesus. we got to go back. What was it when you first came to church that made you want to go to church? I realize when you get to know people, you're going to start seeing their flaws. I, I, I know that you're going to see people's mistakes. I, I know that I'm not going to always do it right. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to feel like at times God doesn't do you right. I looked and I couldn't find him, Job said. I looked in front of me, looked beside me. I looked there. He was nowhere around. Oh, he was there. It was just a season of his life. And if we're not careful, we can only see what God has not. And you come in and, preacher, just be glad I showed up. I could go somewhere else. I could be somewhere else today. And That's not what we should be. We should never get there. It's not that the church has changed, it's just that our love changes. We we start seeing things because we start stepping away. What used to hold us so, can I tell you that Ephesus is not happy. They've got hate. They, more than once it says they bear, they're burdened. Jesus said it this way. He said, come unto me all you that labor and heavy laden, I will give you what? Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Can I say to you, marriage is work, but it shouldn't be a burden to be married. Come on, parenting is work, but it shouldn't be a yoke to have children. Oh, no, not in the Lord. Because when I get the love of God, I start seeing what is instead of what's not. Aren't you glad he looked beyond the faults and saw the needs? He knew me, yet he loved me, the song says. Amen, amen. Somebody say, you can begin again. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, we can begin again. Do you believe that? If this is the negative that you see. You've got to go past all that mess and go to the foundation and say, I'm going to go backwards. I'm going to go to what started and start seeing what got us together. What brought me here? What brought me to the Lord? And I've, I've had to tell people to forgive God. Doesn't that sound crazy? Well, God never doing anybody wrong. That's not how people always feel, though. Sometimes God doesn't meet your expectation. If he loves me, why did he allow this? Why did this happen to me when I was a child? Why did this go on? You've got to forgive God. He didn't do you wrong. He'll never do you wrong. But in your own heart, you've got to get that offense out of your spirit. That thing that's in that marriage, the thing that's there, that, that every time you get in an argument, it comes back up. You've got to go below that and say, I know that God has put us together. You've got to establish that. Knowledge. Everybody say knowledge. God has brought us together. God has given me these children. God has given me these children. God has given me these grandkids. Whatever it might be, your relationship in your life. God has given me the job. Man, I feel this right now. Is that you can, everybody say, you can begin again. What do you do? You stop talking about what's not. And you start talking about what is. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for putting up with me. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. I thank you. How many you ever got to a place you, I mean, you don't, don't admit it, don't raise your hand, but in moments you might say, I can't think of anything to pray about. I can't think of anything to say. You can get to that place. Why? Because you stepped away from what? You can be so busy in ministry, you walk away from the love of God. I want you to lift your hands and tell the Lord, I, I don't want to ever slip away from the foundation of brought, what brought me here. Come on. God, I want love to be in our marriage, our family, our home. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Look at your neighbor and say, you sure do look nice today. Tell somebody next to you, say, I'm blessed to be with you. Tell them you're blessed to be with me, amen. Amen. That sound a little prideful. I'm going to close in a moment, but there's a, there's a study, and J.T. Pugh mentioned in one of his messages, and uh, can, I, can I ask you, it's Thanksgiving time, what are you bringing to the table? What are you bringing to the table? Somebody said turkey. Can I ask you this today? What are you bringing to the family? What are you bringing to the marriage? What are you bringing to your children? What are you bringing to the church? What are you bringing to your walk with God? What is it? Can I say there is powerful, there's power in your words. J.T. Pugh said, he, uh, said he, he was talking about Rembrandt, uh, a famous artist that had a, had a painting of himself. He was young, his skin was nice, and, and he was well-to-do. And said, But something had happened in his life, and he had allowed alcohol and things, and a life that was, that, that was rugged and rough, and a lot of things that happened to him. And later in life... Some years later, he did a self-portrait of himself again, and he was weary and worn. And uh, life can impact you. How many know it? It can impact your health. It can impact your mind. It can affect your skin, even. And uh, J.T. Pugh makes the statement about... Everybody say begin again. He said he went to uh, Columbia University in... in uh, I believe it was in Missouri. And they said he went to a conservatory and said there were... there was. He said possibly hundreds of thousands of tests that had been run on different plants and things there and said that the the data said it would would take days to read all of the stuff that they had. And um, he said that there was one particular thing that stuck out to him. He said there were plants that were put in there and said there were these three plants and um, said they were given exact amount of sunshine, exact amount of water, exact amount of nutrients. They were measured all the way down. They were in the same potted soil and uh, these plants had everything the same. Except one plant in, a, in, a, in this area would, would be taken, was alone, and said it would be scolded and talked to roughly and degraded and talked down to and, and said that in the study they showed that the other plants grew one-third larger and healthier than that one. Because how you speak does affect who hears that atmosphere. Ephesus... I know what you're against, but if you're only against something, I'll never feel good enough to be anything. Somebody has to stand up and speak life. And the church is a place where good news is spoken. Amen. The gospel is what? It's glad tidings of what? Good things. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to talk about some good things. How about this? Happy Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Look at your neighbor and say, don't say hung bug. Come on, tell somebody near you, say, you look nice today. Would you say it with me? Jesus loves you. Don't ever tell a kid, shame on you. He loves you even though, you're. you know what, you messed up, but you're better than that. I just think God's going to do something great in you, and this is a season of your life, and God's going to pull you out of this. I know the marriage is struggling, but you know what? We're going to work through this. God, God's going to give us the strength. I love you still. Oh, let there be an amen. amen. will not you jump to your feet, high-five somebody next to you, and say God's going to let you begin again. High-five. Turn around and high-five somebody. Amen. I want you to look at somebody near you and say, I need you to speak life into me. Speak life into me. Speak life. It's going to be all right. How many felt the touch of the Lord moving this service last week? The only thing you talk about can't be negative things. It's got to be good things Jesus is going to make a way church is so powerful because that's what's supposed to be spoken is glad tidings of good things how many of the devil's going to speak everything that's negative you can be right about what you're saying but dead wrong you can be right about what you're saying but dead wrong Ephesus what was Ephesus known for? anybody know? What they were what? Against. Not what they were for. He said, you can't just be against it. you got to be for it. I feel something in the Lord, in the spirit of inadequacy that is in this city, everybody in this city is going to deal with an element of inadequacy. It's the spirit of the region. You know what? We need words of affirmation. It's going to be all right. Look at your neighbor and say, it's going to be okay. You're fearfully and wonderfully made thank you for being a good husband thank you for being a good friend thank you for putting up with me come on anybody know what I'm talking about right now come on I want you to compliment somebody next to you and say I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right." (laughs) lift your hands and let's let the love of God touch us Lord every relationship can begin again not on what's wrong or what failed, but on what got it together. Come on, everybody in the building begin to pray. Lord, let me step be- below the surface of what went wrong and what I see that's not. Let me start seeing what is. Let me compliment the what is. Let me praise you for what has been done and what I believe you will do. You've got to enter the gates with thanksgiving and into the courts with praise and be thankful. Be thankful. Come on, a sign of the end time is unthankfulness. Lord, I want to be thankful. Thank you for your blood. Would you just take a moment? Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for loving me, God. While you were on the cross, oh God, I was on your mind. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Clap your hands and praise him all over the building. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, give God a high praise right now. We glorify you. We worship you. Amen. 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 God bless you today. We're going to worship here in just a few moments. You want to stay in here and pray? Want you connect with somebody. Go somebody speak life to somebody near you. Amen. God bless you.